Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. another edition of a grim fairy tale that's been reinterpreted by moi. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited I too. am so ready for you to do a story where I just sit back. I'm still recovering from the vertical plane. Yeah. I don't think my my tongue works. Uh, I can't speak anymore. It's I'm just done. Too bad because you're going to be playing the title character of my story. No! Yep, that's right. Oh, so yeah. I'm a I'm a little fairy dude. Uh, you are Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, God. congratulations! <laughs> you will be playing that part, and you're going to do it so well. I have mm. all the faith in the world that you're going to do well with this. Okay, I hope I don't let you down. I think all of the, um, the Pat Benatar voice I yeah. did was a little <laughs> out there. I think all of the lines are pretty easy to deliver cool. from what I remember writing. So to begin with, we all know that the most important part of the story of Rumpelstiltskin is his name. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. According to Wikipedia, Rumpelstiltskin is a German word that means literally little rattle stilt. Oh, I thought it meant little shit. <laughs> That's what it looks like, doesn't it? <laughs> a little shit. It might as well be a little shit. Uh, no, it means little rattle stilt. A stilt is a supportive pole. Um, so when Germans were referred to a Rumpelstilt or a Rumpelstils, they were actually referring to a goblin that wraps on posts or poles to make noise. Huh. Yeah. It is associated with the word Rumpelgeist, which means rattle ghost or poltergeist. The name is believed to come from a children's game from 1577 named, okay, here we go, uh, quote, Rumpelstilt Oder der Popart. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Popart being another German word for goblin. Used for goblin. You so did a good job. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Any of you Germans out there, I apologize. It was probably horrible. Yeah. So uh, what's in a name anyway? There is an established idea known as the Rumpelstiltskin principle. This principle states that there is a power in knowing someone's true name and by using their true name when addressing them, you have power over them. Oh, Holly, what's your middle name, by the way? No. What's your middle name? No. Holly Peterson. Carol a Carol Corchero. You don't know my middle name. I don't think I do. And you never will. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just agree to keep those names. Yes. No power over one <laughs> That's another. That's true. <laughs> this may be true in the spirit world because, as you know, many exorcists and demonologists have said knowing the name of said demon you're trying to exorcise is important as by using its true name, you have more power to compel it to leave. Beazle oh, Bob, I can tell yeah. you to leave. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. But I've also heard the opposite, which you should never use a demon's name as it gives it more power. So I'm not sure which is correct, but as you will see in this story, it is the former effect that works. <laughs> so, okay. so with all of that in mind, I bring you Rumble Stillskin. Once upon a time, there was a strange little imp who lived in fairy tale land. 
He was very small and creepy, and he wore pointed shoes and a pointed hat. He spent his days wandering through the enchanted forest, causing mischief for the residents of Fairytale Land. It was in his nature, you see, because that is what imps do. They cause mischief. One day, he came across a poor miller who was riding his horse and wagon through the woods. The imp watched as the man stopped to wipe the sweat off his brow and take a drink of water, as it was a very hot day. The imp decided to do what he does best. He quickly changed into a royal guard uniform and approached the miller. You, sir, what brings you to this forest? I'm on my way to the kingdom to sell my bushels of straw. Bushels of straw, huh? Let me see. The miller shrugged his shoulders and led the imp to the back of his wagon. He pulled his covering over to show the imp many bushels of bright yellow straw laying in the bed of his wagon. Very well. If you are to take your straw to the kingdom, I believe that the king himself should have first right of refusal to buy it. I will accompany you to the castle where we will present your goods to the king and seek his interest. The miller wasn't very interested in selling to the king, but he didn't know any good argument out of the situation. Plus, he thought the imp was indeed a royal guard. So, he reluctantly agreed, and the imp jumped aboard the wagon, and the two continued their journey to the kingdom. Along the way, the imp inquired about the miller's life. The miller didn't say much, just that he had a young daughter at his home. A daughter? <laughs> How old is she? Seventeen. Well, she is of the right age to marry. Almost. When the two finally arrived at the castle, the imp requested an audience with the king. The two were eventually ushered into the castle and into the throne room where they awaited the arrival of the king. After several hours of waiting, a young man of somewhat short stature and a puffed up chest entered the room. He wore a crown upon his head and a deep purple cape at his back. He seemed very disinterested in the man and imp standing before him and yawned as he approached. Yes, he said sleepily. Your grace, I found this miller deep in the woods of your kingdom. He has several bushels of straw that he's seeking to sell. The straw is a beautiful golden hue and we thought- Shut up, snapped the king, cutting off the imp in mid-sentence. What makes you think I care about bushels of straw? Um, the miller was embarrassed and started to turn red. The imp just smiled and swept his arm in a grand gesture. Your grace, if I may continue. You may, but there better be more to the story than just selling straw. Otherwise, I'll take both of your heads and put them on my wall just for boring me, the king said, gesturing towards a wall in the back of the room. The miller and the imp turned to see a wall filled with decapitated heads. This freaked them both out. <clears throat> yes, sir. Well, you see, what we are bringing you is even better than straw. Anything is better than straw. The imp froze and smiled. The king and the miller waited for him to continue. The imp panicked and trying to think of what he would say next. Finally, the king gave up and yelled, Guards, take them to the guillotine. The guards approached the two and took them by the arms and started to drag them away. Finally, the imp found his voice and screamed, The miller! The miller has a daughter. She has the ability to spin straw into gold. The king perked up at this. Wait, he called to the guards. The guards stopped mid-stride. What did you say? 
The imp untangled himself from the guard's grasp and ran back to the king. Yes, your, your majesty, you see, that is what we wanted to tell you. The miller's daughter can spin straw into gold. You will become richer than your wildest dreams. The king's eyes snapped to the miller. Where is your daughter? he asked. The miller was in a state of shock. He knew his daughter could not spin straw into gold, and he quickly glared at the imp. She is at home, your majesty, he finally said. Where? Where is your home? said the king. It's deep in the woods, past the Smurfs' village, close to where the red fern grows, said the miller. Guards, I want you to go to the miller's home and bring his daughter to me right now. The guards nodded their heads and took off for the miller's house. Meanwhile, the king had the miller and the imp thrown into a prison cell to await the arrival of the miller's daughter. The next morning, a young girl with straight as straw blonde hair arrived at the castle with the guards. She was immediately brought before the king. It is my understanding that you can spin straw into gold, the king said to the girl. And the girl looked at him bewildered. I can do what now, she said. Don't be coy, said the king, looking at her closely. Is it true? The life of your father depends on your answer. The girl had no idea what to say. Of course it wasn't true, but she knew the answer needed to be yes in order for her father to live. I can give it a shot, I suppose, she replied. So you can do it, said the king anxiously. Um, she hesitated. Yes, I'll do it, but you must let my father go first. Fine, I'll let him go. But if you are lying to me, then it's you who will hang. Do you understand? Yes, sir, said the girl, her eyes filling with tears. Guards! The king gestured to them to take the girl to another room so that she could begin her work. The guards took the miller's daughter to a room filled with the bushels of straw from her father's wagon. In the middle of her room sat a spinning wheel for her to complete her work. The girl slumped down to the floor, covered her face with her hands, and wept, knowing that the next morning her fate would be sealed when the king learned she was a fraud. How on earth did she get into this position in the first place? Meanwhile, the miller and imp were released from the king's custody and thrown out into the town center. The miller was furious with the imp and yelled at him. How dare you put my daughter in this position? I should kill you, screamed the miller. The imp smiled mischievously at him. The miller lunged at the imp and chased him back towards the castle. The imp ran to the drawbridge separating the castle from the town, jumped onto the wall's edge, and leapt up to a balcony, hovering over the moat. He tipped his hat to the angry miller below and slipped into the room. It just happened to be the same room that the miller's daughter was now stuck in, weeping over her fate. The imp saw her, put two and two together, and once again began a mischievous plot. My dear, why are you crying? Because the king wants me to spin all this straw into gold, and I have no idea how to do it. He said if I don't do it, he will have me killed. The imp smiled slightly to himself. Hmm, that is a dilemma. Uh, if I helped you, what could you give me in return? The weeping girl looked up and wiped her tears off her face. How could you help me? she asked. The imp grinned. He picked up some of the straw and took it to the spinning wheel. He sat down upon the spinning wheel's stool, loaded the straw into the wheel, and spun and spun. When he was done, he collected the result of his work into his hand. He walked over to the girl and opened his palm. Upon it sat glittering gold rocks. The girl was shocked. Oh my God, you know how to spin straw into gold, she gasped. Yes, I do. And if I help you, what will you give me in return? 
The girl blinked her eyes, somewhat overwhelmed by the question. She had no idea what she could give the imp. Then suddenly she remembered the beautiful necklace around her neck. I can give you this necklace, she said to the imp. She took the necklace off and handed it to him. He held the necklace up and looked at it carefully in the light. Very well, I will make the trade. Oh, thank you so much, said the girl, throwing her arms around the imp. Please, please, no touching, said the imp uncomfortably. The girl let him go and awkwardly stepped aside. The imp took the necklace and slipped it into his pocket. Then he grabbed another bushel of straw and headed to the spinning wheel. All night the girl watched as the imp spun and spun and spun. The bushels of straw disappeared from the room and in its place were piles of gold. The girl watched the imp work until she could no longer keep her eyes open and she fell asleep. Finally, the next morning, a knock came on the door. It awoke the girl. As she looked up, the door swung open and the guards entered the room. Right behind them was the king. He looked around the room aghast. Oh my God, you did it, he said to the girl. And indeed, the room glittered from floor to ceiling with piles and piles of gorgeous, sparkling gold. The king's eyes were wide in amazement. So were the girls. He looked at her with a very big grin. Nicely done, he said to her. And to reward you for your efforts, I will let you live. The girl looked relieved. However, if you were able to create this much gold out of straw I gave you last night, then you should be able to make twice as much gold with twice as much straw tonight. The girl's face dropped. Guards, go and gather twice as much straw as before so that this girl can repeat her task again tonight. And with that, he looked at the girl. You better get some sleep today. You're going to be busy all night tonight, making me rich. And with that, the king turned and left the room. When she was alone again, the girl once again started to cry, knowing what her fate would be if she failed the task. A little while later, the guards came and escorted her into a new room with twice as much straw as before. The spinning wheel sat in the middle of the room. She slid down the wall, overwhelmed by the task in front of her. When the guards left, she picked up some straw and went to the wheel, thinking perhaps she could figure it out. After all, she did watch the imp all night. Almost all night. Maybe she could do it. But after several frustrating hours of trying, she was unable to duplicate the task. She gave up and started to cry. A little while later, the imp once again appeared in the room. Well, it looks like he is having you spin even more straw into gold. Typical. Upon hearing his voice, she brightened up. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Can you help me again as you did last night? The imp thought about it for a long time. Well, if I help you, what would you be able to give me in return? The girl looked down. What did she have to barter with? She had her dress, her shoes, the bow in her hair. But then she remembered. She had her mother's wedding ring that her father had given her when her mother passed away. It was a very important piece of jewelry to her, but she knew if the room was not filled with gold in the morning, she would be executed. So she pulled the ring off her finger and offered it to the imp. Once again, the imp took the jewelry and inspected it closely. Agreed to the trade, and once again, he sat down to spin all the straw and the gold. And once again, when the girl awoke, the room was filled with gold and the straw was all gone. The king entered the room and was filled with glee at the sight. He looked at the girl with a different gleam in his eyes. My dear, your gift is astounding, he said. However do you do it? The girl did not know what to say. Well, um, I just kind of take the straw and never mind. I don't really care how you do it. I just care that you can, said the king. 
Then the king ordered his guards to go out and gather all of the straw they could find. He suggested that they take it from the townsfolk, from the animal stalls, anywhere they can find straw, he wanted all of it. My dear, said the king, I am so impressed by your abilities that I want you to spin for me one more night. If you succeed to spend all of the straw into gold one more time, I will reward you by making you my wife. He raised his eyebrows and winked at her. She wasn't really interested in being the king's wife, but didn't really feel she had much of a choice. Of course, that night, she was once again ushered into another room filled with more straw than the girl had ever seen. Once again, she was overwhelmed and terrified of what would happen to her if she could not complete the task at hand. And right on cue, the imp appeared and asked her what she had to barter with for his services. I have nothing, said the girl through her tears. I only have my dress and my shoes and the bow in my hair. Would you be interested in any of those things? The imp shook his head no. I have no interest in your clothing. What am I going to do? He is certainly going to kill me. But if I succeed, he said he will make me his bride. And when I become his wife, I can give you anything you want. The imp thought about it, and then an idea came to his mind. The imp got a wonderful, awful idea. I will spin the straw into gold for you, but you must give me this one thing. If you don't give it to me, we have no deal. Anything, screamed the girl. Okay. I want your firstborn child. My firstborn child, said the girl. Why? I'm an imp. I cannot have a child of my own. So it's only fair that I have yours. That is not necessarily fair, said the girl. Do you want me to help you or not? I do, I do. Then, it's your baby or nothing. Sally, the girl, shook her head in agreement, and the imp got to work, spinning all the straw into gold. The next morning, the king arrived and saw the stacks of gold all around him. Oh, wow, he exclaimed. Amazing. He looked at the girl, grinned, and pointed his finger at her. You, you are amazing. I cannot wait to make you my wife. Upon hearing this, both of the guards fell to one knee and bowed to the girl. The girl smiled weakly and took the king's arm. He led her out of the room of gold and into his castle. A year later, the girl stood at the window of the castle aglow. The last year of her life had been such a whirlwind. She had indeed married the king and became rich and powerful as a result. It turns out being rich and famous was all that it was cracked up to be. The queen smiled as she heard her baby boy cooing behind her on the bed. She went to him and picked him up, covering his face with kisses. The queen had been so busy with her new life, she had forgotten all about the imp and the promise she had made to him. But just then, she felt a breeze blow on her back, and her spine stiffened as a result. She turned around, and there, in the shadows, stood the imp. Well, hello there. We meet again. The queen was not pleased he was there. What do you want? She said coldly. Oh, I think you know what I want. I'll give you anything you want. Anything at all. You just cannot have my child. Uh, that wasn't our deal. I know that. But please, please, he is my son. I cannot just give him to you. I just can't. It will tear my heart to pieces. But that's all I want. Well, what about gold or silver? Seriously. If I needed gold or silver, I would just spin some of the straw for myself. I don't need that. What I need is a family. What I need is your baby. There must be something I can do. The imp sighed and looked at his feet. The queen began to cry and then moan and then dry heave. Oh, Jesus. Just stop. 
The queen stopped and clutched her baby closer to her. Fine. I'll give you one more chance to keep your baby. All right, said the queen. The imp looked away as he contemplated his plan. He did feel some sympathy for the queen, but he was also hell-bent on taking her child. If you figure out what my name is, you can keep your baby. Your name, said the queen. You mean like Steve or Gary? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like Steve or Gary. <laughs> well, said the queen, is it Steve or Gary? The imp rolled his eyes. No, definitely not. How is this a fair game? There are only thousands of names out there. How am I going to have a fair chance? <laughs> That's not my problem. I'll give you three nights. Each night, I will come to visit you and give you a chance to guess my name. If you can't guess it by the third night, your son comes home with me. This frightened the queen as she wasn't sure how she was going to pull it off. But the imp left her no other option, so she agreed to the game. Once the imp had left her room, the queen called the guard to her. Listen, there is an imp that lives somewhere in fairy tale land. It's very important that I find out his name. I need you to go throughout the land and inquire about it until you find it. Do you understand me? The guard nodded. Go, said the queen, and please hurry. I must have the name within three nights' time. The guard had no idea how he was going to pull this off, but he had felt sorry for the girl, now queen, ever since she was brought to the castle and forced to spin straw and a gold for the arrogant king. Nevertheless, he mounted his horse and took off into the kingdom. As he rode along, he came across a young girl in a red hood carrying a basket. Excuse me, miss, said the guard. I was wondering if you could help me. The girl curtsied to him. I'm looking for an imp that can spin straw into gold. Do you happen to know who I'm talking about? And the girl just giggled and shook her head now. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, miss, said the guard. As the girl moved off down a path in the woods, the guard watched a rather odd wolf dressed in old lady clothes, following secretly behind her in the trees. That's weird, said the guard. He continued on his way, stopping to ask all scores of people if they had seen the imp or heard about him and if they knew his name. None of them could help him out. He went back to the castle and reported back to the queen that he had not learned of the imp's name. Okay, well, but do you know any unusual names? asked the queen. Well, I've heard of a few, said the guard. Tell me, said the queen. Well, your majesty, there's um the Jolly Green Giant, Gargabel, Gaston, Freddy Krueger, Hans the Hedgehog, Jafar, Little Bo Peep. Okay, I will try those names, said the queen. Go back out and continue the search. The guard nodded his head and turned on his heel and left. A little while later, the imp appeared before the queen. Well, what is my name? Gargabel, she said. No. Jafar? No. Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. Weird Al Yankovic? No. The two went back and forth until finally it was clear that the queen did not have the right name. The imp smiled and told her he would be back the following night for another try. In the meantime, the guard went back out into fairy tale land and continued to inquire about the imp. He came across a young couple on horseback. The girl had incredibly long hair with twigs and leaves and small furry animals living within it. Her husband sat next to her with a big can of Aquanet hairspray. Excuse me, but you wouldn't happen to know about an imp that lives in these parts, do you? Asked the guard. The couple just shook their heads no. Then the wife spoke. My brother, I mean my husband and I, are just on a trip to the other side of fairy tale land. We have never heard of the imp you seek. 
Once again, the guard thanked them for their time and continued to ride on. Once again, he returned to the palace with bad news for the queen. When the imp returned that night, the queen again tried several more names. The Hulk? No. Spider-Man? No. Swamp Man? No. Austin Powers? <laughs> no. Conan the Barbarian? Oh, come on! No. <laughs> Once again, the imp left knowing he was one night closer to taking the baby. The queen was beside herself with panic and once again told the guard to go forth and find that imp's name. The guard once more went out into fairy tale land and once again everyone he talked to had no idea who the imp was or what his name was. He was out of luck. Finally, in his desperation, he wandered into a local pub. He pulled up a bar stool and ordered a drink. Sitting next to him was a strange looking man in a white mask that held no expression. The eye holes were dark as if only blackness lay behind the mask. The man wore a dark blue mechanic suit. The bartender approached them both. Michael, do you want another beer? The bartender asked the strange man. Michael did not speak. He just nodded. The guard noticed a long, sharp kitchen knife laying on the bar counter next to the stranger's beer. Excuse me, sir, the guard said to the strange man. I'm looking for someone and I was hoping you would be able to help me out. The masked stranger just turned to stare at the guard. This gave the guard the creeps. I'm looking for an imp. I don't know if you know him, but I'm trying to find out his name. He can spin straw into gold. Any ideas? The creepy man said nothing but just stared back. This really creeped out the guard. Never mind, he said. Sorry to have bothered you. The man the bartender referred to as Michael picked up his beer, put the glass to his lips, and tipped it back. The beer flowed into his mouth and all over his masked cheeks. <laughs> Finally, Michael slammed the glass onto the bar, pushed back from the counter, and stood up. He looked at the guard. Once the guard returned the gaze, Michael nodded his head to the right as a sign for the guard to follow him. The guard did, but noticed that Michael picked up the kitchen knife as he walked away from the bar. Michael said nothing, but the guard continued to follow him. The two wandered deep into the woods, down long steep hills, through tunnels, and past streams. Finally, they came to a cabin deep in the woods. Outside was a large bonfire where a small man was dancing. It was the imp. Oh my God, the guard whispered, that's the guy. He ribbed Michael with his elbow. The imp danced around the fire and as the night wind started to die down, the guard could hear him sing. Today I bake, tomorrow brew. The next I'll have the young queen's child. Ha, glad am I that no one knew. That Rumpelstiltskin I am styled. Rumpelstiltskin, that's it, that's his name. Quietly but enthusiastically, the guard said to Michael. But as he turned to thank Michael for his help, Michael raised the knife in the air and tried to bring it down into the guard's chest. The guard blocked Michael's attempt with his arm and the two locked into a pretzel shape and rolled down the hill. The guard finally was able to stop the roll and get untangled from Michael. He turned and ran up the hill. I'm running up that hill. <laughs> I'm running up that hill. Michael very slowly sat up. He watched the guard run up the hill. He then, again, very slowly got to his feet to pursue him. The guard ran all the way back to the castle at full force, partly because he was totally freaked out that his friend Michael had tried to kill him, but also because he wanted to give the queen the good news that he had found the name she sought. He burst into the queen's quarters completely out of breath. She looked at him in awe. <sighs> Rumpel, 
Rumple? His name is Rumple? The guard shook his head. No. No. He breathed in and out. The queen tried to wait for him to catch his breath, but finally started waving her hands like, come on, hurry up. <sighs> Rumple Stillskin. He finally got out. Rumple Stillskin. The queen clasped her hands together in joy. Oh, thank you, guard. She leaned over and gave him a kiss on the cheek. The guard blushed and smiled. As he turned to leave, the queen gasped. Sticking out of his back was a six-inch kitchen knife. Oh, oh, God, I was wondering why he was in such a, like, state. The guard must not have realized that he had been stabbed by Michael after all. He fell to his knees and collapsed onto the floor. You and your serial killers, man. <laughs> the queen simply motioned for the other guards to come over and take the other guard away. Have someone clean up the blood, she said to the maids. Later that night, the queen eagerly awaited for the arrival of the nth. And sure enough, he arrived right on time. He carried a baby's car seat with him in anticipation of collecting the child. Good evening, queen. Good evening, sir. Do you have any more futile guesses as to my name this evening? Well, I have just a few more guesses. And after that, I'm done. I simply can't give any more names. Well, go ahead. Begin your guessing. Okay. Is your name Dick? No. Tom? No. Harry? No. Hmm... I don't know. I think I'm just about out of ideas, said the queen. Rumble Silskin went over and gathered the baby up in his arms and placed him in the car seat. Unless, well, the queen said. Rumple Silskin looked at her. It's really silly, but there is one more name I could try, she said. Okay. Could your name be, would your name be, perhaps, Rumple Silskin, she asked. Rumple Silskin turned cold. Who? told you that. Was it Michael? Who? asked the queen. God damn it! screamed Rumpelstiltskin. His screams turned into a thunderous roar. He turned bright red and his body stiffened with rage. The queen grabbed her son and cowered in the corner at the back of the room. Rumpelstiltskin kept screaming and stomping around the room in a furious state. He started pounding on the floor so hard that his leg went completely through it. This made him even more angry, and his screaming became even more intense. The queen covered her ears. Rumpelstiltskin reached down to pull his leg out of the floorboards, but in his rage, he pulled so hard that he tore the top part of his body off of the lower part of his body. His torso landed on the ground as he continued to scream in anger. He pounded the floor with his fists. He saw the queen crouch in the corner with her hand over her mouth, and he started to crawl towards her, his bloody entrails slithering out behind him. You! I'm coming for you! The queen, in a complete panic, started scratching at the walls and pushing with her feet as if she was trying to bulldoze into the wall itself. Rumpelstiltskin grabbed the queen's leg and started to bite her ankle. The queen screamed, but then suddenly she felt the pressure of his bite lessen and fall away entirely. She opened her eyes to see that Rumpelstiltskin was dead. He had a six-inch kitchen knife squarely lodged into his back. The queen started to breathe a sigh of relief until she looked up and saw a tall, masked man standing in front of her with no expression. Thank you, she said. The masked man then very slowly reached down, put his large hands around the queen's throat, and strangled her to death. Okay, the end. Holly! <laughs> That was a terrible, terrible way to end it. I thought it was a great way to end. All of that effort only to die. Michael Myers is the star of my no. story. Oh he my is God. the star of my story, Carol. 
So the original Grimm story of 1812 ends with Rumpelstiltskin flying out the window on a cooking ladle, which doesn't well, make okay. a lot of sense to me. No, your, your ending <laughs> is so much better, Holly. I take that back. It's much better. Much better. But I guess in the 1857 version, it was changed to the version that I read where Rumpelstiltskin drives his foot into the ground and then ultimately splits himself into two. And so in the original, the miller tells everyone that his daughter can spin straw into gold, not Rumpelstiltskin. But I changed it to make Rumpelstiltskin accountable for the whole thing. Oh, good job. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And the story is pretty well known. So you know that she gives him her necklace, then her ring, and then promises her firstborn child. Mm -hmm. All that stayed the same. Um, and she does send a guard out to find out his real name. Surprisingly, the Michael Myers edition was mine and not in the original story. Oh, my gosh. So that was yeah. my edition. So very you're, you're creative. welcome. Very mm -hmm. creative. Holly so, but it does still end with him splitting himself into two. So that gory part was not me. Yeah. It, Grim is very gory. It is pretty gory. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the story of Grimm's Rumpelstiltskin as told by me, Holly Peterson. It was so fun. Holly, middle name, Peterson. Um, <laughs> we need to find that. Everyone, everyone, please search. It brought back such good memories of my childhood. That was one of my favorite uh, fairy tale stories. I, that was sure. one of mine, too. I really liked it. I even love the name. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, but you know what? It is kind of hard to say. Mm -hmm. if you haven't said it since you were like seven. Right. Rumpelstiltskin. It's hard yeah, to kind of say. It's a mouthful. It is. Try spelling that oh as a God. kid. I know. Forget about it. Um, there you go. If you guys want more grim fairy tales with Michael Myers making an appearance, please let us know. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and Have any, a great week. And any um, requests. Yes. Grim requests. Okay. Thank you guys. Have a great time, and we'll see you next week. Bye. me <laughs> sorry <laughs> the miller was embarrassed and started to turn i'm gonna say it again because i'm embarrassed today i bake tomorrow brew the next i'll have the young child's child's wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> nope uh, take three today i bake tomorrow brew the next i'll have the young child's Queen's child. <laughs> it's queen, queen's child. Fuck queen's you. Child. No. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin grabbed the queen's leg and started biting her ankle. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode <laughs>